Hello and welcome to this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15. I'm Steve Horn and I'm joined here in Seattle at our 2010 Asset Allocation for Private Clients Conference by Bob Gordon. Bob is president and founder of 21st Securities. He's the author of many peer-reviewed articles in both professional and academic journals and author of uh, the seminal book, Wall Street Secrets to Tax-Efficient Investing. Bob, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for asking me. Bob, you've um, been on the frontier in many ways, uh, focusing on the um, issues of spending and distribution from client portfolios and really kind of identifying it as um, the next vanguard uh, beyond investment management for wealth managers. Could you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Well, a few years ago, I saw that there were a few papers written about how you might be more efficient in withdrawing your money and that um, by taking money from the right pockets that you might actually uh, get your money to last 70 more years in retirement or 10 more years, the exact same amount of dollars, but just by taking it from the right pocket. And it's a, uh, it gets actually fairly complicated because it has to do with Social Security and tax brackets, and, and, um, uh, but it, it, it's a very important. And when I started talking to the industry about it, no one really seemed to be very interested. Uh, the industry is, the, the securities industry anyway, is entirely built on how we make a commission on someone investing something, and no one's really focused on withdrawals. And when we started talking about this, I was very surprised that although there were some algorithms out there that you and others have worked on, um, that they really weren't being employed and that the brokerage industry didn't see that that's really where the whole business was going. And I think that um, it really does uh, take a lot more study and it does take more modeling. And I think we've just started touching that now when people look at the Roth conversion uh, possibilities. So uh, we haven't figured it out yet, it, it sounds like. But uh, what are the major issues in terms of coming up with an ideal spending or distribution strategy? Well, I, I think that the, um, the, there's a, a common belief that um, let's say you uh, uh, take capital gain property first or you take ordinary income property first or you take money from your IRA first or last or whatever and it's actually um, uh, it's actually a little bit from each depending on uh, what your situation is because the the tax brackets really do jump at certain levels and um, there are some people that say what you want to do is have no taxable income well that's not really true you want to fill up the 15 percent bucket you may even want to fill up the bucket right above that uh, the goal isn't to have no taxable income, it's to manage it so that you're in the lower brackets, and then after you have that much money, you take the rest of the money you need for maybe a place that may be more tax efficient, like long-term gain property or something like that. So it's the right combination that's important, um, and there is no just easy rule of thumb. Yeah, that sounds um, awfully complicated because of the different variables that can come into play, but it sounds like the basic premise is trying to take advantage of those opportunities where you can get money out of your retirement accounts at relatively um, tax-efficient rates, and I think relative kind of depends on the individual and the circumstance. Well, I, I think that's right, and also I think that there are um, uh, products and investment services that really have to uh, come to the forefront to deal with the fact that uh, the baby boomer generation is getting older, and it's not going to be about earning. It's going to be about spending and withdrawing. Um, and, and as an example, I find that um, two of the products they think people really want have very bad reputations right now. Uh, one is a reverse mortgage. 
and reverse mortgage has a bad reputation of having a lot of fees and so forth. But I would tell you that both my um, parent-in-laws and my grandparent-in-laws have both done reverse mortgages because they said, gee, I don't want to leave my home. Um, and this was a way for them to actually get, you know, to stay in their home and get the income they needed to live. Uh, and that's really the end result people wanted. But when you say reverse mortgage, the people just, you know, people just get crazy because it has this reputation of the fees. So I think maybe the fees have to go down or the education has to be there. And, and I think the second one is annuities. And I, I don't sell insurance at all. Uh, but if you said to someone, gee, you could be in the stock market and over time you'll make 8% a year, or you could have someone out there that will guarantee you 6% a year and it's their problem whether they make 8, I think people would take that. Now you tell them it's called an annuity and, you know, no one wants it. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's interesting. And, you know, annuities do sort of have a bad name, uh, but of course they come in many shapes and sizes, and we can have very sort of traditional annuities that get at the exact issue you've defined, or we can sort of start putting bells and whistles on it and turn it into a complicated structured product that starts to intimidate investors and advisors for that matter. Because I, I think it's there has to be more focus on that people want an end result. And unfortunately, sometimes they buy a target date fund and realize that it really wasn't guaranteed and it was just sort of your best shot at it. Um, and uh, although you may be turning over a hunk of money or taking a credit risk on an insurance company or something, uh, I think you know something that says, I'm going to give you this much money for the rest of your life is exactly what people are looking for. Uh, lately, I've seen that um, someone stuck a name on uh, annuity, sort of a delayed annuity called longevity insurance. Now, as I understand it, if you put $100 into an annuity that was going to pay you, uh, let's say, when you were 60 or 65 and was going to pay you for the rest of your life, you may only get 7 or $0.08 cents on the dollar. Um, well, these, this longevity insurance is, you know what, at 65, give us your money, and if you live till 80, you're going to get almost $0.33 cents on the dollar for every year after you live. People are, gee, I put a dollar, I get 33 cents a year, that sounds great. I might not get it if I don't make it all the way till 80, but that's what I was doing, was trying to get the end result of making sure I was covered when I got to 80. So just because it's called longevity insurance, people uh, embrace it, when in reality it's just sort of a delayed annuity. Uh, and the fact that you're leaving them with your money for 15 years um, allows them to kick up you know, the amount of money that you would get paid each year. So I think that has to be more work done in, in, in the products, but I think it, it all has to focus on people buying an end result and not um, trying to do asset allocation or whatever and then somehow wind up at the right spot. I think people have realized that, you know, if um, you retired three years ago, you were lucky, and if you retired, you know, last year, you were unlucky, and that can't be, you know, a, a retirement plan. Uh, so I think there has to be more work done on the on the withdrawal side of things, and I just don't see any focus there yet. You know, uh, one of the things that you're, you've uh, expressed interest in over the years is uh, how to apply financial engineering to different products. And, um, you know, another interesting product is one that combines an annuity with long-term care insurance. And um, the, the logic being is that uh, there's a selection bias for each of those products and that healthy people tend to opt into annuities, sick people tend to hop, uh, opt into long-term care insurance, and if you combine them into one product, you sort of solve that selection. Um, so that's, I think, another example of developing a product that meets people's needs and can be contracted efficiently. Right, and that the, the companies themselves that would offer it are willing to as well because they do seem to get picked off. 
the people who were going for the annuities are the healthy ones, and, and, and it's sort of that. Uh, I don't know if you had read that there was um, a lawyer in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, that would find people who were really sick, and then he would uh, have them buy an annuity where there was a principal guarantee, and he figured he was getting free puts from the insurance company because if it went up, they made money in the stock market, and if it went down, the annuity said you got your you got your principal back. Um, but it wasn't priced like it was a put on a portfolio, and he was just arbitraging the fact that the insurance companies really weren't pricing this right. And um, I don't know what the eventual outcome of it will be because some people look at it; it was just he was an arbitrageur and you know took advantage of the sit- you know the situation properly, and the insurance companies think they've been taken advantage of, and we'll see what the courts wind up with. But um, there are some interesting products out there that that can give the end result that people are looking for, but the name of them seems to scare them away. wanted to wrap up with a tough question. You, you, you began uh, talking about how the financial industry uh, typically makes money by uh, investing people's assets. And uh, when we focus on the distribution, it actually sort of raises the question of how can we develop a business model for advisors in which they can be appropriately remunerated based on developing good distribution strategies. Have you given that any thought? Well, I think that um, yourself and Bill Reichenstein and one or two other people have actually written a good bit of the algorithm that's necessary to get there uh, until it turns into being able to sell somebody a product. I don't know that the industry is really going to get on it, and that's the issue. Is it going to be new products you know, that have to do with annuities and lifetime income? Um, and, it, and if you think about it, the you know, retirement that my father had was you know, um, not uh, investing money and hope it's enough to make it there. We've all been sort of, the, the, the line's been cut. You know, the tether is gone, and we're all, we're all sort of on our own. And um, I, I think people would almost like it more the other way. Bob, thanks for joining us. It's been very insightful. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. To browse our library of other multimedia products, visit us on the web at cfawebcasts.org. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.